There's a force much higher than the facts. It's the truth of the Word of God. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp of AliciaVSharp.com. And today we have Christine Kane on the show. And she is sharing her testimony for Testimony Thursday. She was adopted. She was all kinds of things as a small child. And God used her and brought her out of it and called her his own. What a great story she has. Here's Christine. I came from a background where... Really, there should be no reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. I I literally fit every government funding category that exists in my nation. I, I, from the time I was three years old till the time I was 12, I mean, sorry, to the time I was 15, for 12 years, I was abused at the hands of four men weekly. I never went from one developmental stage to the other in any healthy way. I was just full of shame, full of guilt, full of unforgiveness, full of bitterness, full of anger. The normal thing that you think would happen to a girl that was abused for so long. When I came to Christ, my heart muscle was a mess. It was clogged. I was headed for a spiritual heart attack. Because it was clogged, my heart was clogged with unforgiveness and bitterness and shame and guilt and hurt. And so many of us wonder why we struggle, but it's because our spiritual heart muscle is clogged. We're headed for a heart attack in our marriages. There is so so much conflict in our parenting, in our single life, because our heart muscle is clogged. It's not thriving. It's not strong. You know, every year Nick and I do an executive stress test and we get on this treadmill and they shove all these things on me. I love it. The doctor says, you know, Mrs. Kane, you have the heart of a woman half your age. I love that, the older I get. And so it's like you've got a strong heart muscle. And some of us can't receive the love of God nor give love to others because our heart is clogged. It's clogged. And some of us need open heart surgery. I came from growing up in the poorest local government area in my whole state. Our LGA, our local government area, had the lowest socioeconomic demographic of any, any local government area in our state and one of the lowest in the nation. I grew up in a government housing estate, second generation migrant Greek in a culture that demeaned women. Women were never encouraged to dream about anything, to do anything. In the kind of church I grew up in, it was men on one side, women on the other. And women were only good to be one lean, mean breeding machine. That was about it. Nothing more than that. We were never encouraged to do anything else. I grew up in a nation that when I was growing up, really ostracized and marginalized migrants, particularly migrants from Greece and Italy and European migrants. There was a mass migration to Australia. And they didn't like us because we took everyone's jobs. I was called names daily and some of the most disgusting derogatory names. So I could have easily stepped back from destiny or the ability to receive or give God's love. I was marginalized because of my ethnicity, because of my gender, because of my socioeconomic background. I was abused. And then when I was 33, two weeks before my 33rd birthday, actually, I got a phone call from my older brother, George. Now, I don't know, has anyone here seen my big fat Greek wedding? That is my big fat Greek life. And so when you're Greek 
all your brothers are like George or Nico or Spiro or, you know, they're like Kula Tula Rula Sula Agapi. Anyway, so that's all your family. And so my brother George called me. He was crying. He said, Christine, you won't believe this. I just got a letter from the government department and it says that I've been adopted. Now, when he said that to me, I laughed. Because you know when you're growing up, you never think you're related to your siblings. You think your mother is from Mars. We are not related. You know, so I, thought, I said to him this, exactly this. I said, George, I know you're weird, but obviously the Department of Community Services has made some kind of administrative error and they've sent this letter to the wrong person. I said, call them back and tell them that they've made a mistake. So my brother calls me back about 10 minutes later. This time he is sobbing, ladies. He said, Chris, it's true. They told me the name of my biological mother, where I was born, when I went to school, where I was immunized. They have a whole file on my life. I started to freak out, thinking this has been a family secret for 30, he was 35, 35 years, none of us knew. And then I don't know if you know much about Greeks, but Greeks are very volatile. They kind of act first and think later. So I'm thinking my brother is about to explode. My dad died when I was younger, so my mum at the time was 61. I thought my brother's going to go home and explode on my family. So I raced over to my mother's house and I walked in just at the moment. I walked into the lounge room that my brother was giving my mother this piece of paper from the government department. My mum took it and I saw this moment of hesitation in her eyes, just enough for me to go, this is true, I could just see it. My mum just started weeping. She said, George, I'm so sorry. We were never going to tell you all of the adoption laws in Australia 35 years ago, they were all closed adoptions. We never thought you would find out. And the last thing that I promised your father before your father died, the very last thing was that I would never tell you. And so I tore up all of the paperwork. I threw it away. And we never, ever thought you would find out. Now, you could imagine, church, this was a moment. My mother's crying. My brother's crying. The dog's crying. Snot's flying. I mean, it's like a Greek moment. It's a moment. And then about 15 minutes later, my mother looks up across the kitchen table at me. She said these words that I'll never forget. She said, Christina, since we're telling the truth, do you want to know the whole truth? And I just looked at her. Initially, ladies, I don't even know why I said this. I went, I've been adopted too. And then with tears streaming down her face, she just nodded her head and said yes. I was stunned. I was two weeks out from my 33rd birthday. I had no idea. I stood there in silence, which in and of itself was a miracle greater than the resurrection of Jesus at that moment. But (laughs) I stood there in silence for a moment. And then the first thing that came out of my mouth, I went, am I still Greek? (laughs) I thought, I was called a lot of names at school for a lot of years. I wanted to know there was a reason for it. And then the very next thing that came out of my mouth, right there in my Greek Orthodox mother's kitchen, out loud, I said this. I said, oh, well, before I was formed in my mother's womb, whose ever womb that was, he knew me. He knitted together my innermost parts. He fashioned all of my days before as yet there was one of them. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And ladies, that day, every fact that I thought to be true about my life changed what my name was, what my heritage was, where I was born, who my family was. In fact, to this night, I still don't know the facts surrounding my my conception. I don't know if I was the result of some one-night stand. I don't know if I was the result of some ongoing adulterous affair. 
I don't actually even know if I was the result of a rape. But although I don't know the facts surrounding my conception, I've discovered on the planet there's a force much higher than the facts, and it's called the truth of the Word of God. And let me tell you this, ladies. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 does not say that I am the workmanship of a rape. It doesn't say that I'm the workmanship of an adulterous affair. It says that we are His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me tell you why what Amy said is crucial. Because you have to get a revelation of who you are in Him. Because when the enemy comes to try to lie to you, because that tape recorder started to play in my mind, see, Christine, your mother didn't even want you. No wonder you were abused for 12 years. No wonder you would amount to nothing. The enemy will come in like a flood and he'll try to steal, kill and destroy your future. So we have to know who we are in him. We have to know that before we ever got here, he loved us, called us, anointed us, has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for our lives. That's who Jesus is, friend. That's the God we serve. We must know who we are in Him. And that He loves us. And I had every reason to think He didn't. I told you I fit every government funding category. I'm a marginalized, oppressed, dispossessed, poor, ethnic, minority, abused, adopted chick. <laughs> I could make a fortune on government funding because they fund people like me and they give me a label. They say, we'll pay you to remain a victim. We'll give you a category and we'll leave you to be a victim. But I read the book and my Bible says that he has redeemed my life from the pit that I don't need to live as any kind of victim at all. Because of the incredible love and grace and mercy of Almighty God. And why Amy was weeping is when you get a revelation of that. I'm telling you, there's no force in hell that can hold you back from what God has, but you have got to strengthen your heart muscle. Why was I able to respond in that way? Apart from the amazing grace of God, but it's because I've spent years strengthening that muscle. Imagine if there was still the insecurity that we all have to fight daily, but if I was clogged, that would have been enough to give me a spiritual heart attack. That was Christine Kane, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Christine Kane Testimony. You can also find out more information about Christine at her website, which is christinecain.com or the A21 campaign. Hope you have a great day today, and I'll see you again tomorrow for Fun Friday. God bless.